Welcome to Hit That Line. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Austin Gray, Nicholas Carp, and Woodhouse. We are here to talk week four and Ole Miss, who is 3-0, as someone pointed out, for the first time since 2021. Um, Rebels take on Tulsa this weekend. We're going to talk about the game against the Golden Hurricane, but before I do that, I do want to remind you of the sponsors that bring you Hit That Line. Um, if you need that good neighbor service that, uh, it appears that our, our very own Ben Woodhouse is getting week in week out. He is now seven, two and two against the spread. Um, if you're looking to get, uh, you know, good gambling service. Yeah. Good gambling service from Ben. If you want good insurance rates and good neighbor service, you go to Davis McCord at state farm. He's your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call, 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Now, if you are tailing my picks, you are gambling with uh, real American currency. Um, it is abysmal. Um, another thing that you shouldn't gamble with is uh, men's health and uh, whether or not it's time to get a vasectomy. Uh, if you're wanting to learn more about that and you're in search of treatments for men's health, look no further than Dr. Michael Jennings at Clinical Urology Associates. Dr. Jennings, an Ole Miss graduate, is here to make that difficult time of a vasectomy easier on you, now offering special in-office sedation for vasectomy patients, also offering minimally invasive surgery, including the use of advanced laparoscopic procedures and the Da Vinci robot. He, along with his team of medical professionals, Look forward to providing excellent health care to the people of the great state of Alabama and beyond as they accept all forms of insurance. So go all in and lay the points with Clinical Urology Associates and Dr. Jennings at one of their five locations in North Alabama and keep your health in the black. Give them a call, 256-492-4040, extension 4. Gentlemen, it was a, uh, look, once again, I'm holding us back, but we are creeping closer and closer to 500. How are we doing this evening? We're awesome. doing it. Yeah, awesome. Just Man, Nick I here. Palpable I enthusiasm. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, you and me, Zach, we're holding the team back. Like I, I talked about Kansas last week, how they were the highest scoring team in the country, how they were going to compete with Houston, how they may win the game outright. And then I let rain scare me off, and I played Kansas State instead, who managed to put up 10 points. So and they got they got got. They got Fritz. My, my bad. Can we can we talk about the lock of the century and actually the only game I, I put money on last week in, in real life? Because that way if I'm not watching the game, sometimes I get – I don't know, I get sidetracked. This is the only game I actually bet on. The under in the Ole Miss-Georgia Tech game was – it should we should have had one pick on the season. It should have been that game. What, that ridiculous. what were they doing? And, Austin, you said it best to me before the thing. You said – Maybe Vegas knows something I don't, but I just feel like I know something about this on this team that they don't because this is my team. 63 on that game, I think is what it closed at. You got it at 64 and a half. It wasn't it wasn't like, it climbing? It, yeah, yeah, it was steaming up. It was steaming yeah, up. Bizarre. Yeah, maybe it was 60. It was not even close. I mean, we could have played eight quarters. And I mean, I guess unless Ole Miss <laughs> kept pressing, they were never going to get to 10. So we would have had to score them all by ourselves. They only even 
they didn't r- run that many plays on the plus side of the 50 being Georgia Tech and only well, threatened got, to score once. Yeah, one time. Like, and, and we, I mean, of course, we shut it down in the fourth quarter. We had 530 yards in three quarters, and they had like like two, 206 or something. Like 180. In, in three quarters. 188. Yeah, it was yeah. – and, and a lot of that came on that one that one long drive. I mean, they – I would I would just love to to dive deeper in the numbers, but I mean they they must have had multiple drives, like nine or ten drives with less that's, than twenty yards. That's that's one of those, and I'm sure this happens every week because we all gamble. But that's one of those where like I would love to sit on a Zoom call or or go sit in a conference room with the Vegas oddsmakers and just hey, what were you guys thinking? What were, what, what yeah. were y'all seeing? To do that, like, because that they don't that miss number much. may have gotten somebody no, but that number may have gotten somebody fired. Like now, <laughs> for, fortunately for them, there probably wasn't a ton of action on that game. It's not like it's an Alabama or Ohio State game or USC game where you know Joe Schmo is going to come put twenty bucks on it. So they probably didn't have a ton of exposure, but it was maybe the worst number you're going to see all season on a total. Also, have you seen this week's number? I have. It wow. opened at 62. It's 65 and a half. It's going up. Every week this happens. The same guy. It's like, they got to fire him again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what the – I'm taking the other it in. <laughs> it's public perception. Perception versus reality for Ole Miss. For the last year, the gulf between perception and reality, you, you may not be able to find a larger gap between how we actually win games yeah. versus how we are imagined to win games. We're a running it, football team. We if run I told the y'all we beat them by the if, if I told y'all we beat Tulsa by the exact same score would be Troy, would y'all be surprised? What was it 28-13? 10. Oh, not surprised at all. 10. Yeah. 2018. Would that, would that shock y'all at all? No. No. I would the only way I'm shocked this weekend is if Tulsa scores more than 21. Yeah. And that, that requires us to get in the 40s just to get over this number. Which we oh, yeah. do. Oh, yeah. I mean, we if do. we went 38 to 21, nobody's like thrilled but nobody's mad either and it still is and that's the under. still yeah by, by multiple points like that's all not right even so 41 21 from, from last week before we get going this is old miss georgia tech these are georgia tech's drives okay three plays nine yards six plays 20 yards 10 plays 54 yards i think that's the best drive of the day for them okay yeah six plays 13 yards six plays 18 yards two plays 22 yards Six plays, 10 yards, three plays, three yards, three plays, minus two yards, three plays, zero yards, 12 plays, 37 yards, six plays, 25 yards. So that's that is Georgia Tech's drives last last week. 214 total yards for the game. Two drives with less than 25 yards. I was hoping you were going to do the Dan Rubenstein, the. Punt, 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 punt. downs, yeah. downs, punt, yeah. punt. All right, that's yeah. what there was. There's was punt, punt, downs, punt, punt, end of half, punt, <laughs> punt, 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 downs, punt, end of game. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I know people will like get on get on people for saying, "Oh, they should fire them." Well, they shouldn't have kept them in the season. But at this point, I, I really don't know what they're doing with Collins. Still, I mean, if it was an NFL team, I guess he would have fired, but. I guess the only thing is, is that there's no point in firing him now. You can't hire a new guy. But I mean, the, the no, guy's firing someone now is done. stupid. But the, he's right. more than done. I mean, it, it's almost it's almost okay. disrespectful to keep him because he's he's <laughs> yeah. he knows he's fired. Okay, so 
this is a great segue into talking all this before we get into the rest of week four. I talked with David Brandt earlier this week, and I asked him this question, and I want to throw it to you guys as well. Because I have my thoughts, and it's still very early. They haven't started conference play, so I'm not asking for any hot takes or any you know huge stretching predictions, but just how good is this Ole Miss team? I mean, how how good are they capable of, of being? And I just said I wasn't asking for predictions. But, I mean, three weeks, they haven't played anybody, but it's just been incredibly dominant on both sides of the ball. I mean, it, it's – Ben said it. This is a running football team. They are smash mouth, downhill, hit you in the mouth. Maybe Vegas is is praying that this is finally the week where they let Jackson Dart kind of spin it and – and see what he's got because he really hasn't had to. And it's just been pretty pedestrian with the, the route concepts they've been doing outside of a couple heaves deep. But I, I mean, I'm bullish here and I want to hear what y'all have to say before I say how good I think they can be, but is this a legitimate team that can challenge for second in the West and maybe slip up on Bama and make it close? Yes. There's I mean, no doubt we can challenge yes. second in the West. Yes, okay. and right. and I, I think that here I've all we've said this. I don't know how many years we've been podcasting now. Five, maybe, um, something like that. Four, I can't remember. Anyway, I've all I've said since you know Saban's had the machine going. In order to beat Alabama, you've got to have ex- very elite quarterback play. Um, if you look at all the games that they've lost, that's mm-hmm. happened. Or you are the University of Auburn, Auburn University, excuse me, their rival, or you are Georgia. Um, really, anybody else, they've just kind of like Ohio State ran over. I mean, they have great quarterbacks. Yeah, but but I get and I, I'm not doubting the quarterbacks that Ole Miss has. That's my only hangup right now, though is how developed is Jackson Dart by the time we play Alabama November the 14th or whatever day that is, November the 15th. Because, I mean, at this point, this is the best. This is – man, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I think this is our the best defense we've had in my lifetime. And I think oh, overall, wow. depth-wise too. And we had some front-end talent in 14 I'll say, and I'll 08. Say I will echo the depth point because their 2014 defense was incredible but i think this team is deeper oh yeah oh yeah i mean they run so many guys in and out all over the field and the secondary on this team is very good i mean that team had sinquez golson who had a lot of interceptions but i'm not so sure this secondary is better this this one looks better i mean as far as like from an appearance standpoint I mean, even in 14, we had some linebackers that were 5'9", 215. Now, they were good, but they were, like, small. This team looks like an Alabama defense, size-wise, or, or, or close. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we, I think Ole Miss is, has a legitimate chance at winning 10 football games. Now, I'm not predicting Ole Miss to win 10 yet, but, like, I don't, I don't see a – a scenario, and we even talked about this before the season, but the way the schedule lays out, I don't know that there's a way for Ole Miss to win less than seven. But, I mean, I think – Now there's not, no. No. 
No, I mean, there's just no way. And if Ole Miss beats Kentucky, I mean, what are the losses on the schedule? You have to go to Arkansas. Well, I mean, Missouri State nearly beat them on Saturday. Oh, so, yeah, we've been so good up in Fayetteville. I mean, you, but you know what I'm saying? We can win there. What well, we've won sure. there no, a few times best, in the last few years. Like we, defensive players are for the year. Catalan's gone. And their so, defense is, uh, is their leaky, defense is really bad, leaky. but yeah, but I'm concerned if we can can we put up points on them, like to keep up with them because I mean well, we're gonna have it, to we're it, gonna, the defense has got to play well against. Them. Well, I was gonna say that's no, the, it, it will that's be the equalizer here is the defense. Oh yeah, well, yeah. It, I'm not predicting a win, but is the line more than five and a half? No, no way. No, yeah, I mean, no, it, no. It seems like a two and a half point line. I mean, I think we'd be favored a touchdown in Oxford. I think the see, key, what did the line close last year? Do y'all remember against Arkansas? It was remember? close, very was, low, three and a half, two, maybe, two and a half, maybe like two and a half. Yeah, and then I think, probably it, see similar. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, I just it's just my opinion. Ole Miss is playing different defense than it was at that point. They had not realized that they were good yet on defense. Mm-hmm. I, I believe right. I, I, I'm a believer in stuff like that, like. Arkansas wasn't the best offense Ole Miss played last year. Now, they're a good team, but I guess point being is is they don't – I mean, K.J. Jefferson is not winning any accuracy competitions in among college quarterbacks. I don't know. I think, I think Ole Miss is a 10-win team. Can be. I think likely it settles – like, what was the over-under, eight and a half? That's, mm-hmm. like, dead on for me now. I mean, I think nine wins is probably the likely number with a slip-up. What, Either the over was seven and a half, wasn't it? Do seven and a half, yeah. Seven, yeah, seven okay. and a half. Okay. I think overs. I think overs comfortable there at this point. Oh, oh, if you're setting lines now, the over like the juice is like minus one seventy five to the over. Yeah, like you're, you're I mean, losing I think, big money. If you would you put the total the at nine and a half now? Nice. eight and a half. I'd bump, I'd bump it to eight and a half. Yeah. Okay, they yeah. beat Kentucky. Do you keep it at eight and a half? It probably goes to nine flat. Nine, yeah. I go flat so, nine if we if we. If we I win. mean, if you told me almost went eleven and one, right now, I would mm-hmm. in no way. It, I think it'd be the same thing we did last year. Is we we just won a bunch of toss up games. Of course, we didn't win that Auburn game. I guess it was a toss up. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I'm looking at the schedule. And would it would it shock you if we went down to Texas A&M and beat them like twenty four seventeen? No. Shock you if we beat LSU. It's shock you if we beat Arkansas. Okay, those I'm are on, the road games. I'm gonna have know? red. Rear end if we give up seventeen to that offense. <laughs> and, they're they're not going to be this bad forever, yeah. right? Who? Yes, Williams' yeah. offense. Yes, yeah. Dude, they, dude, they, 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 they suck. They do. Who's their quarterback? I mean, okay. Max okay. Max Johnson is a guy that that fucking drives a Civic in the left lane, ten <laughs> yes. under the speed limit. Excuse me for the for the expletive, but I mean. He, I mean, they put him out there basically not to wreck the car against we, Miami. For sure. But we could very easily go to College Station and score like 13 points. That's a very, very good defense. The second best one it is. we'll play all year, without a doubt. 13 so points? Come We're on. We're averaging yeah. like oh. nine yards a carry. What are I that that's a that's the that's a top five defense in the country, I think. Top eight at worst. They're very good. And they're, they're, okay. they're just five stars everywhere. They got beat by Appalachian State at home. Okay, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. But I mean, if we're doing Appalachian State, who should have lost to Troy? 
Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, yes. I think A and M is going to be better later in the season they yes. because they're really they they're really be. young on the defensive front. Really young, and they can't be we much worse guys than they were. Yeah. Right. Yes. The the problem that A and M is going to have is putting the ball in the end zone. No, like they, I agree. I agree. I don't right now. I was going to say, right now, with what I've seen, I don't think they're putting it in the end zone very often against this Ole Miss defense. That, I agree. That That's where that's where I'm at. Like, let's leave the offense alone. I think Ole Miss is going to be able to ride the defense and just pound the rock. They're going to be – I think Ole Miss will be in every single game this year. And that we can't say that about last year. Alabama ran us off the field. I, I don't know that we're going to get that this year from them. I mean, maybe. Maybe late. But I think we're in it at halftime. Shoot, last year, what were we down? Twenty-eight to nothing at halftime or something. Twenty-one yeah. nothing. But it felt ben, way worse. You, you were in Oxford when the game ended, I believe. I was. And I you, was. You, you, were, you were in you were in Tuscaloosa <laughs> when the game started. Yes, left, I sat next that, to you. I know we were in Tuscaloosa, and it was bad enough that I just left at halftime. And I don't leave games early. And I was like, huh? They, I mean, there's no way we're <laughs> we we're not. This is a different. This this it was like a a champions uh, division playing a Premier League team. Yes. Yeah, it was too, too Nick, different. Nick, this will tickle your, your fancy here. This Ole Miss team could be a fancier Wisconsin. Yeah, I can see that. Like just, yeah, I mean, just stone-cold defense and just more, an offense that right. has a really good running back and they just cruise control. And – if, and if we you all, give me Wisconsin's team and Dart is 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 as good as we he could be, then we're eleven and one. No, there's no doubt. Well, I, we all said it in the preseason and we nailed it. I think the defense had a lot of promise. They they have a ton of talent, a lot of transfer talent. We knew the secondary was going to be be talented, but we all said it. The run game should be good enough to let Dart get his feet under him and get comfortable. And then they can really turn it loose. And I think that he's had some some really good spots, and he's had some ba- he's had some bad throws. And I, I think I good. just think that like he's getting all the first team reps now. I don't care what anybody says. Luke Altmyer's not the quarterback. It's Jackson Dart. It's Jackson Dart's team. Um, look, everybody's saying it on social media. All the players are saying it. Lane Kiffin's sharing his Instagram posts. Like it's done. And I think with all the repetitions he's getting and then getting more comfortable, settled in games, they're going to let him spin it a little more and it's going to be okay. But like, even if he's still a young inexperienced guy that is just not there yet, you just turn around and hands number six and it's going to be okay. I mean, I, to your point, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's going to be one or two games where they've got to really open up the offense, but I think they're going to keep Jackson Dart in a bunch of, you know, simple read plays where where he's not having to go through like multiple progressions to uh, to uh, throw. The, I mean, that really, Ole Miss did that with Matt Corral, who was a fifth year senior who could look off safeties and looked people open. Like he he had a firm grasp of the offense. But I think that's part of just what Lane Kiffin does. Why would you make things? I've I've always wondered this. I guess in the NFL you have to because it's so complex. But why make things complicated when you don't have to? Ole Miss runs the ball well enough that I think that you can throw to keep the I mean defense honest because and instead of the other way around, I would just I would 
pound the rock, man. Like, you know, and, and hope that, you know, you stay healthy. But here's another good thing about the Ole Miss, this Ole Miss team. Is there anybody on the roster, save maybe Zach Evans, that if they went down, that the win-loss record changes? No, I don't think What's so. your prediction? I don't either. I mean, I don't think this yeah. is – you couldn't say that last year. I'll be honest. I don't know that that Evans changes it that much with Quinshawn running the way right. he has and Bentley getting you know limited exactly. reps, but scoring seemingly every time he touches the ball. You know, control Bullock he seems hasn't really faster played than much the other yet. Two. Yeah, I think he is. And Bullock, who everybody liked a lot coming out of high school, hasn't you know hasn't worked his way into the rotation because he's got three NFL backs in front of him. But I think is he Bullock even is a good one now. Uh, maybe not, but he's a great college I mean, back. Or, I think oh, he could yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, he was the second guy Kiffin went to see when he got the job. Yeah. He went yeah, and saw Jakeby. He, he saw Jakeby and Brown first, and then he went and saw Kentrell Bullet. So, and, I mean, they they clearly think he's good enough. I mean, I don't know if they're trying to redshirt him or he's chilling and maybe getting in the portal, but, like, yeah, I mean, he hasn't even seen the field. Well, I just thought it'd be – I mean – you know, I'm glad we talked a little bit about Ole Miss to start the show. I, I just – I really absolutely think that this is between an eight and ten win team at this point. I, I don't – we would all be disappointed if they finished with seven wins. Yeah, I would be – I'm I'm just going to say it. I mean, whatever. I, I would be a little upset if we finished with eight. I'm not going to be like fire Kiffin or anything, but if we if we lose – if we win eight games this year, we've already won four. I'm counting Vanderbilt. That means we finished four. We've already four won five because you got to count Tulsa. Yeah, yeah, well, okay, we've already won five. That means that means we won three SEC games a, against, and that means we would have played we seven teams Kentucky. that we could have beaten. Right, yeah. and I know Kentucky's good. Yeah. Everybody says they're good or whatever, but Kentucky is not recruiting the same player that Georgia is or who, yeah. you know, we didn't we didn't draw that's going, Georgia. That's going three and four against an Auburn team that we are better than, against LSU and MSU and Arkansas and, uh, you know, I, Kentucky and I just uh, Texas A&M, all these teams. I mean, I, I hope I hope we can go at least four and three against those seven teams. You know, not 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 Alabama. So I, I certainly think eight would be slightly disappointing. I really do. Well, I think you ha- you look at it as you have four games that basically decide your season, and two of them. And when I say decide your season, I mean there are four games that are, in my opinion, toss ups. Like could go either way. Um, two are at home, Kentucky and Auburn. And then the other two on the road, Arkansas and A&M. What about the LSU game? Uh, is that a guaranteed win? I mean, uh, I I still don't know. I still don't know what I think about LSU because I mean, we've all, all, we've all seen them. I'm, I'm putting that on hold for now. I still don't know what I think because they had every opportunity to lay down last weekend and they didn't. Now, I don't think State's very good, but they still won. Um, I still don't think Jaden Daniels is that good. Um, now, they're pretty stout up front, so that'll be a hell of a matchup with the run game against their front seven. But, I mean, they're – I mean, Keishon Boutte has really done nothing, and I couldn't even tell you what the running back's name is. I have no idea what – I have no idea who it is. And they usually have a dude back there that totes it pretty well, so – that for me right now is just wait and see. Maybe a couple more weeks before I make a decision, but I don't know. Ben, I think you're right about the dart thing where you, you know, 
K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid, and let him get settled. But I think you're going to start to see more run pass options for him because, I mean, hell, we saw what he can do with his legs last week. I mean, he hit, he knocked some dude into the upside down. Um, I, I mean, so, I think you're get him, get him outside the pocket, give him, a, get, give him, you know, a waggle to trig, and if it's not there, run it or get him out there and have somebody dragging across. He can dump it off. And then take your shots on first down. Like give him throwing. Like let him throw it in running like on first down. Don't 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 put it on him when it's third and nine. And you know, just because you can throw a, a you know, take a shot on first down. Okay, incomplete. It's second and ten. Hand it off to Zach Evans for six yards. Then you're in third and manageable and you can, you know, get creative, whatever. But so if you are coaching against Ole Miss this week, and then we'll get into our our picks. If you're coaching against or this year, and you're you're the offensive coordinator for the opposing team, what do you do to try to move the ball on this Ole Miss defense? What are what is our our weakness? I would yeah, say I don't think we've fa- we haven't faced power run yet with SEC level athletes. I think that's one thing that gives right. me some concern. It, it concerned me last year going into Bama, just based on our base defense and the three man front. I was worried they would line up and road grade us, and they did exactly that. Now, this year, I'm not so sure that we're going to line up in a three-man front when we're facing power run. We've already seen Partridge go to a four-man front a couple of times, which I love. I think we're more multiple this year. I think we're much more aggressive, too. I mean, I remember the podcast we did after the Arkansas game last year and all of us bitching about our lack of pressure. We didn't send anybody. We didn't heat up Jefferson at all. We let him sit back there and just pick us apart or rush for seven yards. Partridge is not going to do that. So while I do have concerns that, you know, if you have an NFL back, an NFL offensive lineman, maybe you can chew us up. But I I don't think we're going to get absolutely paved like we did last year against Bama. I just uh, maybe Georgia could do that to us. Maybe Bama again this year, but I'm not so certain. I think we can hold our own. I think we just have more lead in our ass this year and we're deeper. And the fact that we're so multiple up front, I, I'm not sure that there is a good way to attack us. I mean, I, I mean, I think it is just run right at it. It's almost like, you know, how do you beat a blitz? You know, you, you throw into the blitz, like you, you know, or, or you run into the blitz kind of thing. I think you just try to run right at Ole Miss because they've shown the ability to get after the passer. They bring multiple blitz looks from different, all three levels. I mean, the, you know, stun up front, twist at the linebackers, come outside, come inside, um, right at the A gap. They'll bring safeties. And then, you know, uh, number one pass defense right now in the country um, in terms of, um, I think, completion percentage. I think that's right. But, um, I think that there are multiple NFL guys in our secondary right now. I think some of them are young. Some of them are freshmen, sophomores. But we've got mm-hmm. dudes back there. Like, this is not just a function of us being old and seasoned. Like, that, the 14 defense with Sinquez and Pruitt and those guys, great SEC players, great college football players. But they were old. They had seen a lot of snaps. They had, had taken their lumps Trey along Elston. the way. Yeah. Yeah, got exactly. Trey like, they, they got better with each year. And, you, like, that's awesome. You want to see development in your program. But we didn't have dudes like Igbenosin back there. Like, we didn't have that guy right? The guy that could shut down half the field. Like we didn't have Markevious Brown. Like I think our high end talent, although it's young, is much better than anything we've had in recent years. Maybe ever. Maybe ever. I I was going to say, I don't think there's a, 
to this point. Now, I mean, after Kentucky, we may revisit this and say, dang, Rodriguez ran all over us. I don't I have not seen a, a part of the defense that's very vulnerable to this point. Like, you know, Austin, you talk about Zach talks about Nick talks about um how good the secondary is. I mean, you just hit on that. I mean, my favorite position group on the defense right now is the linebackers. Mm-hmm. Like they not to talk about, you know, make fun of Wesley McGriff, you should call run fits or like eye fits or whatever he said. You know, we gotta get our eyes in the right place. We're just like the linebacking group's never out of position ever. Yeah. I mean, there yeah. were a few times where Georgia Tech would run it and be like, oh, there's kind of a hole there. And he gets one yard and we've got three guys tackling him. It's like, yeah. well, there's there's uh, Troy Brown and there's, you know, whoever. And it's like, golly, man, these guys are sideline to sideline fast. Oh, they look big. I, was, I mean, it's a, it, you know, it's a different. And, and, that's what and I was Ole Miss say. lost chance and, uh, What's his name? Mark uh, Mark Robinson. Robinson last year. I mean, two guys that in the group got better. Yeah, the group got better. Got a, we've also got a lot of guys that are kind of Swiss Army knives that can help in the box against the run as if they were linebackers and also play coverage. And I think in the modern game, exactly in the modern game, like you can't have enough of those dudes, like uh, Tennyson and Reese and Ishim and Taishim, and like those dudes can do whatever you ask of them. And I okay, think so in the in the modern game, like they have to cover a tight end. Sometimes they have to come up in the box on third and short. And we got like six dudes that can do it. So you two years ago when we played, I guess maybe stated I it was I guess we ended the year with LSU and then we went to the uh Outback Bowl. I can remember in the Outback Bowl thinking Otis Reese is our best defender. Like mm-hmm. that guy looks different than the other guys on the field, or he felt that way to me. Maybe it was just because he was new, whatever. When I watch – and this is not a knock on Otis Reese. I think he's a great player, probably an NFL player. When I watch mm-hmm. now, it's not as big of a gap if he is. No. If at all. And he's probably not. And, again, that's no offense to him. That's not what I'm – I'm not meaning it as a slight to him. It's just like he was kind of on an island by his own or on his own with a bunch of, like, junior college players. And now yeah. he's got a, a bunch of other guys like him back there. And it's like there's six Otis Reese's rather than one or, you know, or six guys better. What I mean, whatever. But I just think the defense is really good. <laughs> I really do. I, I, I'm very, very impressed it's, with their appearance. Now I understand why these podcasts we listen to as fans, when you listen to like Ben's show um, in the preseason, I would listen to him on my runs and he'd say, you know, he'd be on here with David Johnson or whoever, and he would say, like, David, David, I've covered Ole Miss since 2007 or eight, and not, not to put words in his mouth, th- I've not seen a team that looked like this. I have not seen a team in preseason that looked like this. And I kind of thought he was crazy because I hadn't really kept up with it. It's more difficult with the transfer portal. And now, man, they get off the bus, and you're like, dang, dude, those guys look good. I mean, we look like a, a traditionally good Auburn team right now to me. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I would compare us to. Well, you touched on it with the look, and then Austin hit on it with the the mix of young talent with experience. And I think – I mean, there were several times in that game where, like I think Ben said it, where Georgia Tech had, a, had an opening or Jeff Sims got out of the pocket and you're like, oh, he's going to scramble for a first down. And then, I mean, one that stuck out in particular was like Davison and Benoson came out of nowhere and closed on him and tackled him 
four yards short of the first down. And then, I mean, just, Prince did it one time. Huge yeah, tackle early. I in mean, the game. just just closing. That's another thing. This this team tackles extremely well, much better mm-hmm. in, in in recent years. But yeah, I mean, they just the size speed ratio that they've been recruiting. I mean, these are these are guys that look the part and play well. And then Austin's point about you've got a mix of you know a true freshman in Benoson, you've got a sophomore in Tysheen Johnson, you've got. I think a junior and DeAndre Prince, but then you've also got these transfers in there. Kari Coleman's played a lot of football. Tennyson's played a lot of football. Ashim Young was a all big 12 defensive player of the year. Um, Troy Brown. Troy Brown was all Mac. Um, you know, Jamon Gordon and Isaiah Iton are, are second year Juco guys that are looking the part and taking the next step. And then look, Tavius, Tavius Robinson never gets shouted out. Dude has had a hell of a year so far, man. He reminds me a lot of yeah. Marcus Tillman. Like, he may not be spectacular on the high end. He just does his job. Like, he sets the edge. You're not going to beat him outside. He looks like an NFL end. Again, he's not going to have, like, 12 sacks or anything. But man, the guy man, is Marcus just lunch pal. That is great comparison. I think they, so, they dude. Like, he, he just yeah. shows up game in and game out. Yes. And, like, Jared Ivey, I mean, a guy that knows his role, plays well, gets after it. And, and like, I think Randall Joyner, I mean, a lot is said about him and his recruiting chops, but his group, they, I mean, it's hard to have a group like that with so many talented guys that you have to rotate in. I mean, JJ Pegues has been a pleasant surprise. I mean, I knew everybody knew he was athletic. I don't think anybody thought he'd be playing this well. Um, you know, sometimes they'll trot out, you know, the walking Coke machine that is Xavier Harris who is six, seven, you know, three forty. I mean, it's just, it's a different looking team. I mean, you might say, well, the 2014 defense had Robert Kim Okay. Maybe this team doesn't have a guy like Robert Kim but they have four or five guys that are pretty close. Mm -hmm. So, all right. I will do our pick on the Ole Miss game and then we'll get into our locks. I, I'm not locking this one in by any means, but I mean, I think Ole Miss wins comfortably. Um, What's the spread, Nick? 19 and a half, uh, maybe? No, I saw 21 and a half. Ooh. Yeah, we've gone over the, the key number. I'd still lay them. That's a big number. It's a big a number. We don't have much incentive to, to cover that number. You know what I mean? And, well, and y'all, y'all know yeah. this. Ole Miss doesn't kick field goals. I mean, look at our what we scored this year. If we can avoid it, we like to have a nice, even, you know, divisible by seven number. So, I mean, 42 to 21, let's say they score a little bit late, that didn't cover because we didn't, we don't kick field goals. I mean, I could, I could see a 35 10 win. I mean, no. I, Tulsa's not stopping the run game. Now, if you want to play devil's advocate, I think this is a perfect look ahead spot and a, a, a week where Kiffin, can take one out of the saving playbook and not try to just run it up and beat them down and have a week to just beat them up and practice about how poorly they played to get ready for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But you I could mean, go still, the other direction though, and try and get their confidence rolling into Kentucky as well. Like it's, that's a, a catch 22. Look, I, I'm inclined to lock in the under here. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just going to go on and do it. I, I see it 65 mm. and a half. Um, yeah. Um, I'll I'll take the under. My my concern is is Tulsa 
like throws the ball down the field every single play. And while we do run the ball and play good defense, it's not like we go slow. We still go fast. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm afraid Tulsa is just going to have a lot of plays and that's going to run the score up a little bit just simply because you eventually get lucky. Maybe we intercept them six or seven times. I don't know. But, I mean, I'm still going to take the under 65 and a half. I mean, at that at that line, 42 to 21 covers. I mean, and I just don't know that I see this game going more than that. I guess 42 to 24 doesn't, and that must be what they're predicting, but um, or somewhere in that range. But give me the uh, give me um, the under 65 and a half. Like I said, Tulsa throws the ball down the field, but we've talked Ole Miss ad nauseum. Y'all know my stance on the defense. I think it's the best one we've had in my lifetime, that includes 2014, and that includes 2008. And so, I mean, I just know what I'm seeing. Now, they haven't played anybody. Ole Miss has not played anybody. Uh, or I'd say we haven't played anybody. But but that doesn't – I know what my eyes are telling me, and that is that this team's very good on defense. So, until they prove me wrong, which may be Saturday, I'm going to ride unders until they until they just start lowering, lowering that total to something in the 50s. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think uh, chapter and verse on that, Ben. I mean, until Ole Miss shows a different approach, both offensively and defensively, these totals in the mid 60s just don't make any sense. And this could be the week where we look like idiots and it's 55 to 38. Like it could be the week because Tulsa does play tempo, they do chunk it around, but they haven't seen a defense like ours yet. They just have. That doesn't mean five Um, units isn't going on this under, though. I mean, I'm going again, just like last week. Yeah, so um, I, I'm with you. And the other thing that's notable, just not to dwell on it for too much longer, but what happens in the market, and it happened last week as well, is oddsmakers open the number in the low 60s, and then somebody is pounding the hell out of the number to get it up to the mid-60s. <laughs> Whoever those somebodies are, they're just mm-hmm. not watching our games. They're not watching Ole Miss football. They're just not. Well, there's yeah, like Lane Kiffin there. They got hot-powered offense, you know, that kind of deal. They, it's it's as if we've become the 2020s Oregon when in reality mm-hmm. we're more like, I don't, I, I can't even Auburn. You know what I'm saying? Like think, we just yeah, run I the, think the yeah. last game. I think the last game these folks watched was almost Arkansas last year. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, okay, 100%. that's it. That's the team. That's who they are. Dude, yeah. we haven't been that team since that game. Like we're not that team. Yeah. Also I'm just going to give y'all a couple of scores from last year, Tulsa when they played, Either they played two power five opponents in Oklahoma State, Ohio State, and then they played Cincinnati later in the year. Uh, 51 points, 61 points, 48 points. And they they respectively scored 23, 20, and 20. That's not – they're not a big high-powered offense when they when they go against it, – it's not like they went to Ohio State and lost, you know, 63 to 50 in, in some shootout. They went to Ohio State, lost 41-20. A very pedestrian – would not shock me if that was the score – on Saturday type game. I mean, they're not going to run you out of the building. They, they do run a high-powered offense. Got to go back to 2019 to when they played some other ones. And, and there was a high-scoring game against SMU, but they lost 40-21 to 21 against Oklahoma State that year. Uh, they lost 24-13 to 13 to Cincinnati that year. I mean, that, they kind of are who they are. They lost 28-7 to Michigan uh, – excuse me, Michigan State. I don't think that this Tulsa team is going to impress us on offense. They – they score a lot of points against some bad teams. I still think they're limited, you know, athletically against a team like Ole Miss. So, 
I just for fun went to the Tulsa football recruiting, um, um, like on twenty four seven or whatever. Just as we're sitting here talking about it, to kind of know what they're uh, looking like. Okay, in twenty nineteen, their overall rank that this is composite of high school recruits and transfers is one oh nine. 2020, 114. 2021, 114. Uh, 2021, 128. Like these guys, I don't even know. Does Tulsa recruit against Southern Miss even? Probably not. No. I don't know. I don't, Maybe. I mean, who's, anyway, I just – I thought that – I thought they would be better than that. I thought it would be like in the 60s or something, 70s. But this isn't even like a great group of five um, re- talent base for a team. Right. I mean, they're almost they're almost Hawaii bad. In terms of recruiting, yeah, Ooh. yeah, their their style of offense is what makes them you, you, them seem like they can do something. They, if they didn't play that style of offense, they'd be far worse because they don't they recruit so poorly. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think this game is. And people have, and honestly, Troy has kind of proven that they're a little bit better than I thought they were at the beginning of the season. This Tulsa team, I don't think is very good at all. I think this is the third best team that we'll have played thus far this year. And and we may not come out and run them out of the building because we don't we don't have to run them out of the building. But I don't I don't expect much at all from this Tulsa team. I mean everyone you know the, is, is big on their passing, but they don't run the ball at all. So I mean, we'll just you know we'll key in we'll we'll bring pressure like we did against Georgia Tech last week. The pro you know the problem with us like not quote unquote running somebody out of the building is in the past, in order for us to do that, we had to air it out. Now like you can't help but run somebody over if if that's right. what you do. I mean, you you don't really when you're sitting on the ball, like taking the air out of the football. That's already our offense a little bit. So when, it's like when you when you do that, Bentley scores three touchdowns. I mean, that's what happened, <laughs> right? <Yeah. sighs> oh, all right. Um... All right, Nick's or uh, Ben's got one on the board. Let's get into uh, some locks. Nick, what are you showing for Oregon Wazoo? Oh, that's a good, that's a good one. Uh, I've got six or seven, depending on which side you want to take. Uh, Oregon, okay. obviously the favorite. <clears throat> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm leaning the uh, the Ducks way here. Um, if you can give me six, give it to me. Um, I, dude, Oregon beat the absolute breaks off of a in my opinion a good BYU team last week. Um this is on the road. It's in Pullman. So it could get weird, but I'm not quite sold on Cam Ward just yet in the Washington State offense. I think he'll eventually be fine. Um all three of Wazoo's games this year have gone under the total. Um that doesn't bode well against an Oregon team that's going to score quite a bit. And uh, Oregon has covered five consecutive games as a favorite. Um, I, I like this Oregon team, um, even though they got walloped against Georgia. I mean, everybody's going to get walloped against Georgia. Um, 
Bo Nix looks to be a confident quarterback. They've got talent across the board. They recruited well. And then Dan Lanning's going to play good defense. So I like Oregon here in the spot. Yeah, I think that's a good bet. I, I, I like, I looked at that Oregon game a couple different times, but I'm going to go a different way. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and take, I uh, get probably get my better judgment. I liked them last week. I didn't put them in, I didn't put them in my anything I did. I'm going to take Kansas State. I'm getting to the uh, over under here of they're playing uh, at Oklahoma this week. Sorry, but Kansas State over under under 53 and a half against Oklahoma. I think they're going to slow the game down, do exactly what they need to do. They whipped up on Missouri two weeks ago. Okay, it was 40 to 12 was the final. So that's under. They were under in the first game, big time under last week against Tulane. They kind of laid an egg there, uh, losing 17-10. I think they're going to slow it down exactly what they need to do. I don't see this game being played much above the mid-40s. So I definitely think it's going under 53 and a half. Um, it's at Oklahoma, which makes me a little bit nervous. And I think Oklahoma's is pretty doggone good. But I still think Kansas State's going to do just what they need to do. And, and I honestly don't think they're going to score a ton of points. I don't think Oklahoma will blow them out. Two sneaky good defenses. I mean, K-State has got one of the better defenses in the Big 12, which is not saying a ton, but still. And OU for years, you know, that was their Achilles heel, that they didn't have a very good defense, or at least not a defense that could match their offensive output. I'm not saying their defense is is as capable as their offense is this year, but it's definitely better under Venables. Austin, you got a pick? I do. And I'm going to do the – Lord forgive me, Bugs Bunny meme here, and I got to do it though. Like, give me North Carolina minus one against Notre Dame. Is that what I'm getting? Is it minus one? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So UNC had a bye week last week while Notre Dame was Ooh. hanging on for dear life against Cal. But, um, best, best. Wait, I'm sorry. You want North Carolina? Best I can get you is. Minus one and a half. Sorry. All right, I give it to me. Not that that matters uh, much. Yeah, I hope it doesn't. God, knock on wood. Um, yeah, North Carolina's secondary is trash. Maybe the worst in the Awful. Power Five, but North, Notre Dame can't capitalize on that. Their their quarterback yeah. is hurt. They're playing a backup who is maybe Mac quality quarterback. He is bad, really, really bad. He could not do much against Cal, and I know Wilcox and Cal usually have decent defenses. They do not this year, and Notre Dame could not move the football um, they lean heavily on the run game and they have a good offensive line, but I don't, I just don't think that they can exploit UNC downfield. I think Phil Longo is going to be in his bag after a bye week. Um, and UNC's quarterback literally may be the best in the country. I think UNC gets into the high 30s, maybe low 40s. I don't see Notre Dame getting out of the 20s here. I think the Tar Heels roll one and a half is an easy lay for me. Man, that's yeah. Good. I, uh, also, I was going to say, I don't really know, like, this spread kind of upsets me because I'm thinking the same thing you are. I mean, North Carolina's they're going to score points. The defense is pitiful, but Notre Dame's like the one team on their schedule that may not take advantage of. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Nick, what's the total in the A&M Arkansas game? God. Um, let's see. Arkansas. 48 and a half. Yeah, no, it, it it shot up, didn't it, or did it shoot back? Did it shoot down? I'm sorry. It started at 53, and it is now um, 49, right on the number 49. 
Okay. Uh, mm. I can get you 49 and a half, actually. That's a little bit like, all right, one more. What's the, um, what is the uh, Michigan State spread with Minnesota? The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Uh, I've got one if you're if you're still debating. It's a uh, minus. Let's see. It's Michigan State getting three. Yeah. Okay. Give me Michigan State in that. Oh, that one. terrible pick. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, uh, I know Michigan State had a bad week last week, but yes. Um. Um. Washington is much more of a passing team than Minnesota. Michigan State is good against the run. And Minnesota also, which Minnesota, that's what they do. Uh, Minnesota's also, they. I think their top receiver got injured last week. Yeah, yeah, out of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, give, me, uh, uh, give me Michigan State plus three. Um, I do think, I mean, um, they, they're playing at home, coming back from the Washington beatdown. This will be a get-right game. Um, I, while I like PJ Fleck, even though he's weird and he's got Minnesota good, um, I look for Michigan state to, uh, at least if you're going to give me points at home, I'm going to take them. And so give me Michigan state. Like I'm a big home dog guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and get this one out of the way. It's ugliest game on the board, but it's also the best looking game on the board. And I, I think Austin probably knows where I'm going here. Uh, it's a game I, I've, I've been on them earlier in the year. They won me some money. Iowa Better. Hawkeyes. I knew it. Rutgers. Two Piscataway. <laughs> and, and Pace Rutgers 
And if I told you guys what the total was, I'm not sure you're going to believe me. It opened at 35 and a half. It's been down to 34 and a half. It got bet I get it. I get it. It's under the key number. If you somehow saw it at 35, you're going to want to go ahead and take that just in case it's a 21-14 game. I'm laughing because <laughs> it can't be a 21-14 game. These two teams don't have it in them to be a 21-14 game. I'm not sure the longest play of the game will be over 21 yards. I just I – Iowa – I don't know how ahead. Iowa fans still go to the games. If Ole either. Miss had to play this brand of football, we would play in front of like 18 fans. Look, it's, this it's, this brand of football, and for this reason, the fact that that Ferentz won't fire his son, who is their offensive coordinator, like think about how frustrating it is to watch bad football, and then think about how frustrating it would be to watch bad football because the dad won't fire his son. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, he, he's fixing. He's about to get himself fired. Like Kirk Ferentz, who has like a 50 year deal at Iowa, he's been coaching at Iowa since like the 80s. He's yeah. fixing to get himself fired because. His son is so bad at his job, and I don't really get that either. I mean, I guess I do from like a family perspective. But at the same time, he's set for life because his father's a multimillionaire, and he's probably also a multimillionaire. I don't. He's just hanging on for no reason, and he's going to completely torpedo his reputation with Iowa for for nothing. I just this game is. If you told me it was seventeen thirteen, I mean that's kind of close to thirty four and a half, I guess, and that's about as high scoring as I can see it. So, so you're taking under thirty four and a half? Yeah, absolutely. This is a this is a principal game. This is like like two team two service academies. This is Iowa Rutgers. This is so, the lowest total in college football since twenty fifteen. So it was lower. It was it a service academy I, game? I can't I can't remember the last one. I can't remember. In twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, I think it was twenty thirteen. I bet a college basketball game <laughs> between BYU and UMass. Hey, you could probably <laughs> Google it and find the score. The total was 198. Okay. What? Good. 198. Yeah, correct. And I bet the under because he wouldn't. And the final yeah. was like 110 to 104. <laughs> so. You're probably the point being is it's low for a reason. It's not going to hit it. I mean, you're right. You're you're probably spot on here with under thirty four and a half. Let's it's see. not it's not the same. It's not the same thing because the NFL is, is the NFL and they play you know a different style. But I, I saw that the last I think it's the last twenty eight NFL games where the the total was below thirty eight. It's twenty one and seven on the under. So obviously not the same thing. But just to sh- show. Sometimes the low the total can't get low enough, and it happened that that Ole Miss team a few years ago, and the offense was really good. The total just couldn't catch up. I mean, what would what would happen to Vegas if they threw out a twenty seven and a half total? They'd get oh, murdered. Yeah. So yeah, they, they couldn't do yeah. it. They have to put it at thirty five, even if they don't think it's going to get thirty five. Okay, um, I got one in the hopper that I'm. I'm really mulling on it, so I'm going to save it. Um, 2013, 2013, BYU-UMass, final <laughs> score 105-96. to 96. So, it went 201. In regulation? In regulation. The the score at – I knew I was in trouble at halftime. The score was 52-41. to 41. And then the <laughs> second half, 
In the second half, they scored 55 and 53, respectively. I mean, we're look, we're talking about – we're talking about – and they it's not like they shot – I mean, UMass shot 55% from the field. BYU shot 48%. It's not like they shot 70%. But, I mean, they were just, like, jacking it up as soon as they got down there. I mean, one team took yeah. 68 shots. The other team took 63. I mean, Kermit Davis is hyperventilating. Like talking about that, <laughs> Rod Barnes would have to be put in the emergency room. He would. Kermit's he would literally just have broke out. Yeah, Kermit yeah. just broke into a sweat somewhere. He's wondering. Why. <laughs> was that with the thirty-five second shot clock too? Is that before the shot clock had even fixed? Probably. I mean, this was. Yeah, because this was. This was the same sure, year yeah, yeah, yeah. that we won the uh, SEC championship. Oh yeah, average possession length had to be like. Or the year after them, and that game had to be like seven and a half seconds. Yeah, I mean, just an amazing amount of points. Sorry, I didn't mean to side sidetrack us, but anytime I think of an outrageous line, like a super high, super, I think of that game because the line was like literally in the one nineties. It's like there's no way that's for college basketball. It's too high. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that was that was a good sidebar because it gave me time to think. Uh, I'm going to go to Friday just because we need something on Friday to pay attention to Virginia traveling to Mm -hmm. New York Mm -hmm. state (laughs) to take on Syracuse. I'm taking the orange. Um, you would think that it's a letdown spot after their emotional win last week, but nope, Virginia is just that bad. Um, Dino Babers, man. And him and, him and Garrett Schrader just winning games. So yeah, yeah orange. Yeah, I think it's what minus nine. Yeah, sort of two, I believe. That's right. God, can I get it at two? Um, <laughs> I mean, no. It's I'm sorry. It started three and a half. So it's only it been five and a half points. Um. Yeah. Give me Syracuse minus nine there. Yeah, and remember, Syracuse's offensive coordinator was the offensive coordinator at Virginia last year. So you would think he knows their limitations oh, on offense, their strengths and weaknesses. Right. And the other thing, this number jumped out at me because I thought it, I thought it was too big at first, like nine or ten. But then when you consider that Virginia was a five-point underdog to Illinois just a couple weeks ago, it kind of it makes oh. more sense that they would be double digits mm-hmm. on the road to Syracuse. All right, who's got one for us? Yeah, let's you go. Are... TCU versus SMU, give me the Frogs lane two, I believe. Yep, love that. Yeah, I just think better team, top to bottom. Dykes is going to be familiar with SMU and their roster. Uh, I think SMU is a good team for the AAC. I just think TCU is better. I think actually TCU was pretty good even last year. It's just that they had gotten tired of Gary Patterson. The message had had grown stale. I, I still think they're athletes, though. And, again, with Dykes, Knowing SMU, their roster, their limitations, um, I think TCU is just a better team. I don't think SMU is going to have much of a home field event. You're just asking TCU to win the game in a, a with a two point spread. Mm-hmm. So, give me the better team on the road. Um, I'm not I'm not too worried. I think better coaching staff, better quarterback. I really don't see many reasons to like SMU at all. I was a little surprised it opened a pick and immediately went to TCU minus two. Um, so I hope I don't get screwed by the move there, but uh, let me lay the two with the frogs. All right, I've yeah, got how, a... how, 
Go ahead, Nick. No, you, you, I was just going to no. say, how is this line so small? I mean, I feel like TCU is significantly better than SMU. I mean, they're recruiting a different caliber player. I mean, I get it, it's at SMU, but this line just just jumped out to me, really. Yeah, I don't want to touch after, it, but it, it did jump out. After seeing SMU last week against a Power 5 team in Maryland, not exactly an elite Power 5 team, you know, sort of a middle of the pack, maybe maybe bottom rung uh, Power 5 team. Like, I think TCU is comparable to Maryland, maybe maybe even a little better than Maryland top to bottom anyway. I, so, again, if, that, if, if you're just comparing game notes from last week, Maryland comfortably beat SMU. I think TCU can do the exact same thing. So, um, for my last one, I'm torn between two games. One of them, y'all may not like either one of them. I know Nick won't. He doesn't like anything I pick. But they uh, – so, this is going to be an incredibly unpopular pick, but I got to do it because they got blown out last week. But I think they're probably going to roll this week. And So, let's go to the Plains. Uh-oh. Um, yeah. I like this pick. Yeah, I'm going to lay the points with Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, seven, you know, I'm going to lay seven against Missouri. Here's the thing. Missouri, and I know I, I can't remember what you picked in the Kansas State score earlier uh, in the show, Nick, but Missouri, they got blown out by Kansas State. They, um, they've not played anybody really that can run the ball. Um, and Kansas State turned around after blowing out Missouri and got beat by Tulane. I, I just mm-hmm. – this is not a good Missouri team. Um, they didn't even look great against Louisiana Tech, even though they ended up covering the 21-point spread. Um, Auburn's going to have a get-right game here. It's at home. Um, I mean, death taxes and Auburn can run the football. I think they're going to be able to run over Missouri. It's just a seven-point line, I think. Um, if it's more than seven, I may have to change my pick, but I think it's seven or less. And uh, seven. At, yeah, at that number – you know, I think this is like Auburn 30, Missouri 21 final. Um, don't feel great about it, but at the same time, like, I like to roll the dice a little bit. It's, you know, Auburn is – here's the thing about Auburn. Yes, they got blown out by Penn State, but they are still 2-1 and one and still have the entire season in front of them what they want to do. And so, you know, they, at, at the end of the season – They still have Tank Bigsby. They still have Tank Bigsby. And at the end of the season, if Auburn is – you know, loses one or two SEC games only, they go nine and three. That's still a pretty good year. I don't think that they're going to. But point being is that they haven't had a reason to quit on the year, and they're going to have a get right game this week. And it, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna take care of business against Missouri. And so I look for Auburn to win by 10, 10 or you know fourteen. And I think seven's just too too low. I mean, that's just too small of a line for for a team that that got you know waxed by by Kansas State who I mean who was their quarterback Tate Martinez or or whatever the guy that played in Nebraska for like 40 years who was yeah, terrible the whole time he was there yeah Tate Martell Mart yes <laughs> no it's <not> <laughs> Adrian Martin what is his name Martinez Adrian name? Martinez yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway no I, I wouldn't be, a... I would be surprised if the score looks a lot like that score from K-State Missouri like yeah. I mean if Auburn you know went 35-14 that wouldn't surprise me at all yeah. 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 It wouldn't surprise me if Missouri scored like seven points. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, it's not a very good offense. It's more of I an mean, indictment on Missouri. Like, I like to bet against yes. bad teams rather yeah. than for also good. ultimately think that Auburn still has some Auburn talent. 
and I don't think Missouri has any Auburn talent, if that makes sense. Like, Auburn doesn't yeah. look like they do in years past, but they're not terrible. I mean, they're going to win mm-hmm. some games in the SEC. They're going to still play hard at times. Missouri's might just be, like, downright bad. Yeah, yeah and I also think, like, the narrative around Drinkwitz is starting to change a lot, too. Like, he was mm-hmm. really highly thought of. You know, he was not, like, superstar level, like Kiffin. But, like, people appreciated the job he did at App. Thought he did a pretty good job at Mizzou last year and the year prior. This year, dude, like, I, I'm, I'm just not sure if the guy has it. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. – I just don't – at this point, I'm not sure that he's even a good coach, like, even a average coach. Yeah, they make up for having lesser talent by being poorly coached. Exactly. Yeah. Like, 12, 12 points at K-State is – that's not a good look. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, if y'all don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and grab this last game of, of the day for me. And uh, I'm afraid that it's going to be one that's not going to be super popular. But I think that Texas A&M is going to put up some points on Arkansas. <clears throat> Arkansas is without their best defensive player off a defense that's pretty awful. Doesn't have much at all in the back seven uh, other than the bumper pool. And I think Texas A&M is – we talked about it before getting on the show here, but I think they're gonna they're gonna kind of get right at, at, at some point. I don't necessarily know that it, they're gonna start you know averaging forty points a game or anything like that. But I mean, this game all it's got to do is get get to be played in the mid twenties. Arkansas is gonna score some points. I think A and M is gonna have to score some to keep up with them. And I think Arkansas's offense is that bad. I'm seeing a number of forty eight and a half. Uh, if, if you guys don't mind me getting that extra point, I mean I'm seeing it on multiple different different spots. So all I've got to do is get seven touchdowns in the game, 28-21 covers. And I actually think Texas A&M's winning this one outright. My lock was almost Texas A&M minus the points. But I had flashbacks to, you know, them kicking a field goal and, and winning by one point late. I think Texas A&M wins the game. I think Texas A&M's kind of back a little bit. I think that we might have, we might have you know, dug their grave a little bit too soon. They're going to put up some points going over 48 and a half. Ooh. Man. Look, I think Max Johnson has given them a spark. Now he's not dynamic. He's not. He's not even upper half in the SEC. But he's better than what they had, and that's what they were sorely lacking prior. I mean, they have pieces. They've got some weapons. Their defense is pretty salty. Um, I thought you were going the other way, honestly, Nick. I thought you were going under forty-eight and a half. Um, but you're right that Arkansas's defense is really leaky. I mean, they've given up points the last couple of weeks. And once their starters went out on defense against Cincinnati way back in, what, week one? I mean, they gave up yards and points to Cincinnati in that game. So I, this this may be exactly what A&M needs to start putting some points on the board mm-hmm. is a really shaky back end for Arkansas. Nick, what are you seeing for Houston and Rice? Oh, goodness. That's, oh, man. I'm seeing Houston minus 17 and a half. And I'm seeing the total at uh, 51 and a half, maybe 52, depending on which side you want. Seventeen and a half. You want oh. the Cougars? So I was I was thinking about it. What about Arkansas State ODU? Uh, Nick, while uh, you're doing that, just just wanted to and a half. throw this in there. Um, since 2009 they played a&m and arkansas has played every year since 2009 even though a&m joined the league in 
12, I guess they had renewed the rivalry before that. Um, mm-hmm. And since 09, so how many games that? Thir- 12, 13, the under or every single one of those would have gone over 48 and a half, but three. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. last year was one of them. But they've only had three go under forty eight and a half. So it's a it's a high scoring series. Frankly. And Arkansas's mm. defense is, is significantly worse than it was in the first two years, first couple of years mm. when Barry Odom. We're I mean, talking they're a lot worse. 42 I mean, these are big numbers. Thirty eight forty two. Forty seven nineteen. It's something about having twenty five thousand empty seats in Jerry World that just does. That's it right. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> just right. Just inspires us. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like anytime a, it's you can like move an exhibition game. Yeah. Anytime you can move a game off campus, off of what I think is two pretty good stadiums and two, you know, at, at least one cool college town, I guess. Anytime you can move a game out of that, put it in a parking lot in Arlington, Texas. I mean, you got to do it. Have to Are do you? It. You have to do it. Nick, you love uh, neutral site games. Oh God! I don't get me started on uh, who is it. Virginia is traveling to Nashville next year to play Tennessee. Why? In Bristol, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, it's in Nashville. From from uh, I saw right. the schedule yesterday. I mean, did, well, in Tennessee, or did they already do that at Bristol Motor Speedway? The, yeah, yeah, with Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's like just a massive contingency of uh, Cavalier alum here in Nashville. It, it must be. I just I don't know why. I mean. I would, I guess the the deal is probably that they're going to play like the next year in Washington D.C. But I just, when you're a small school like Virginia, I should say a small fan base like Virginia in football, don't give up home games because they're going to outnumber you in D.C. And also the Titan Stadium is not like a cool stadium or anything. So I just don't get it. And and why would probably the worst stadium in the NFL? It's terrible, and you're driving past Knoxville to get to Nashville. It doesn't (laughs) doesn't make any sense. Like you literally just turn off a few exits before and play at Neyland. Uh yeah, that's dumb. All right. Uh, yeah, we're awesome. gonna go. You... I got Sorry. one. Go. I got one now. All right, we're going. Right, go ahead. Uh, we're going to Nor- uh, we're going to Norfolk. We're going to SB Ballard Stadium, mm-hmm. and I'm taking Old Dirty minus five and a half against Arkansas State. I like that. I like it a lot. Yeah, I um, love that one. Arkansas State's trash. Yeah, they're very bad, and Old Dirty is is pretty solid. Who is Arkansas they, State's coach? Anybody know? Butch. Butch Jones. Still getting yeah, uh, been able to coach since he was at Central Michigan. Man, I, they've had I think a Tennessee's still paying years now. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird spot. Dry County too. Jones Boogie. Ugh. Tough scene there. <laughs> All right, so, Austin. Yeah, that, that Jonesboro is a dry county was news to me today. I, I, when y'all said that earlier, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. You, they have a few bars, like on this one little strip. And when I say little strip, well, I mean like. I've, I've been to a restaurant that serves alcohol, I thought. Yeah, five or six restaurants total. Other than that, there is no alcohol in the entire county. Like you can't so, buy it in a store gas station anything no, like the, wait wait you can buy it at a restaurant right at a few restaurants Cer- certain but restaurants only at crystal cannot <laughs> <laughs> now out, outside of wow. going to the random Ole Miss Arkansas State away games 
Oh God. That were played in Jonesboro. Uh as a as a youth, uh the first time I went to Jonesboro, it it was anything but dry because I went there to visit my cousin and uh went to a fraternity party and it was it was bad news. Um yeah. Let's just say the drive back to Memphis on that Sunday was was a rough one for your boy. Um, but yeah, the Red Wolves are bad, and OD is uh, pretty solid. All right, Austin, you got one more, and then we I guess we can talk about a couple of the big national games, and then we'll be done. Yeah, so uh, what I, I talked about them last week, and I pushed out because of the weather. I'm not going to do it again this week. What is the total in Duke, Kansas? Oh yes! Oh, uh, give me a second to pull it up here. Match up sixty-six and a half. And click on total. I've got it at yeah, sixty-six and a half. Unless you, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, screw it, let's do it. Let's go over. Uh, look, the Jayhawks yes. score. They just score. That's all they do. Yes, they, they score. Do. They get in the they get in the mid to high thirties against everybody they play. And don't look now. So does Duke. Duke runs tempo suddenly. And put 31 on Northwestern, 30 on Temple, 49 on North Carolina A&T. I think Duke can get in the 30s here. Let's say 42, 35 Jayhawks we sell over. Oh, and it. it may be close to the basketball total this year. Yeah, what, they, a, what a sicko. They've sold 47,000 tickets to this game. at the Kansas Stadium, I believe it's Memorial Stadium, I think is what it's called. I was about um, to ask if you knew what it was called. One of the I worst. Don't think that's right. One of the worst <laughs> college football programs out there, whose fans are hungry for them to win. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, it's yeah. not they, like a Nebraska type, but it's you know they're terrible David, and their fans are David. They're starving for it. David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. You're exactly right, Ben. Like their fans will go to games if you'll give them a decent product. They were just so bad. For so long, but they've sold twelve thousand tickets to the Duke game since the end of last week's game. Twelve thousand tickets in a week for this game. They're um, they're expecting a sellout for the first time in like six years up there, uh, <clears throat> maybe longer, eight years. A good uh, rule of thumb: if you want them to name a stadium after you, you donate fifty million dollars. That'll do it. Um, also, yeah. also, can anybody tell me what street? David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium is on. Oh, I know it. It's it's yeah, Mark Mangino Boulevard, <laughs> Danny hell, Manning. Hell of a guess. It, Mississippi Street. Yeah, Sip Street. Uh, nice. Oh, I thought that was Kansas State. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. Also, theirs um, is on Bill Snyder Street. I mean, maybe this is the longest con of all time, but. How did Mrs. Booth not stop David Booth from donating $50 million to the Kansas football <laughs> program? Uh, I, I think he's doing all right. He is uh, the executive chairman of Dimensional Fund Advisors. That sounds lucrative. I don't even know what it is, but it sounds It's good. definitely just like a Ponzi scheme, but do you, Mr. Booth? Yeah, good for him. Um, all right, so a couple of the national games. Uh, Nick, I'm going to tee it up for you because this was one that I was really tangling with. I was really wanting to pick it. I might pick it in real life on Saturday. How is everybody feeling about number seven, Southern Cal, traveling to Corvallis to take on the Beavers? Mm -hmm. 
Because, man. I just wanted a touchdown. I wanted a touchdown with the Beavs, and I couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, man. Jonathan, Jonathan Smith and that team are fun. Um, yeah, I know he's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, their defense is still shaky, and I'm just curious how they do night game at Research Stadium. I mean, the Beavers are, are no slouch. I think USC wins, but man, this is. Ooh, I, maybe I'll take a flyer on them late in the night and just throw some money on the money line just because it could get wacky. But um, so something to think about man. too here in terms of home field advantage. I'm pretty sure they're renovating that stadium, and so yeah, I think yeah, they're they at are. like half capacity. So it's, 40, it's like it's like one end zone. I think it's like Ole Miss. Yeah. When Olmus did that to the south end zone, I think that's what it is. This game is on the Pac-12 network. Yeah, all like no. seventy people are gonna watch this. Yeah. Oh, y- y'all, we have Kansas State, Oklahoma at seven o'clock. Just ranked matchups. We don't have any other games starting until BYU and Wyoming nine fifteen. This is the eight thirty kick. This is perfect. Yeah. Pac-12 network. I mean, your boys well, got it on the guy, but. but, but I, this is when people talk about like, Pac-12 is dying, Pac-12 West Coast football and struggling and stuff. Like, this is why putting it on yeah. the Pac-12 network. And I, I'm not saying – I'm going to get it, and I'm going to have to sign up for something that has it, obviously. But – Nick, you know you know who's going to be doing color for this game. Who's that? You know it's going to be Petros, baby. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Petros Papadakis. He's going to be – He was on a call earlier in the year. They're gonna uh, somehow you game. the the if they could do a yeah, line, Arizona. maybe the easiest bet of all time is for them to show any Reggie Bush highlight because um, they're just they're going to do it when when the Trojans are playing. Um, another one that I like because it's in Seattle, uh, Washington hosting Stanford. Um, man, I, I fit. Before we before we hit the record button, we we talked for like an hour about South Anola football, and we talked about when they finally got on ESPN later in the dynasty when it was just Tony Connor and a bunch of dudes. I mean, different position, different side of the ball, but man, Stanford is just Tanner McKee. Well, I guess they got EJ Smith too, and then just a bunch of guys. Like they they're just not good. I watched a good bit of that Washington game last week when they whipped up on Michigan State. Man, the Huskies are fun. Like that, it is a the offense is fun as hell. Michael Penix yeah, d- is yeah, just yeah. is just fun. Like the word is and fun. Like it was a great game. Agree. DeBoer, their head coach, dude scores everywhere he goes. They put up points. Like wherever he coaches, they score. Now their defense is not great. It's not elite by any stretch, but they're going to put up points. And and y'all were talking about Kansas fans like begging for them to be good because they want to cheer, dude. Husky fans, like that that place back in the day, um, when they had Tuiasapopo and 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 they were winning a ton of games, and then when Chris Peterson had it rolling, I mean they the way they built that stadium, the noise stays in there. It's on top of you. They were loud last week. That's gonna be a Tough, tough scene for Stanford. If you want a, a game to look at, I like the Huskies big in that one. Yeah, that's going to be a good game. I, I 
I mean, I, should, I shouldn't say that's going to be a good game. I said I enjoy watching Washington play football. I think they're good. I love that stadium. I love, you know, right on the river there, or right on the water there. Washington's it's, it's good. Kinda, I mean, I don't think it's kind of one of those programs. Oh, good, but they're good. Yeah, yeah it's kind of one of those programs where, like, when they're good, it's it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, a good Washington. And I think it helps the Pac-12 because it's in a pretty big market and they've got a lot of alums. Uh, that when that will help the Pac-12. USC being good again will help the Pac-12. Um, obviously, you know, they're at, one's in the north, one's in the south, so they'll probably play each other in the Pac-12 title game. But that's a good one. We haven't, we, we talk about the uh, the my, my Tennessee Vols at all? No, we haven't. <laughs> no. Well, all day today, I, this was the I, this was the lock of the century. I didn't do it because I didn't want to look like an idiot if it didn't hit because I didn't get the key number. But Tennessee minus ten and a half is maybe the lock of the year. They are going to absolutely really destroy so? Florida. Yeah, and Zach, I want you to tell me which of Anthony Richardson's passing touchdowns is your favorite this year. Man, sometimes, sometimes Nick <laughs> is the smartest person I've ever met, and then he, he is does zero. This. And I'm like, I want to swan dive into a pit of rattlesnakes. Tennessee like, this has is... a top ten offense. How is Florida scoring to keep up with them? They can't. I think because Tennessee has game, to play defense. Like, ten and a half is a True. lot True. of points. If this was if this it, was it, just it, seven on if this was just seven on seven, then yeah. But they I still got to play How defense. Florida's offense is pitiful. And we're I'm going to look back at the end of the year and be like. How did they beat that Utah team? We're gonna we're gonna wonder how. Don't and even also, bring that game up. Andy Richardson is banged up. I, I really think that. I'm no, not think even. He is. Yeah. Well, well the, I was just gonna say I'm not saying is also hurt Jack Miller. So the, I mean, yeah. if Richardson went down, I don't even know who's going in the game. That's the, and that's why they're not running him because they don't have another quarterback. Right. And Nick, I'm so, not saying that Florida's going to win. I just think they can cover because it's a rivalry game. Billy Napier is going to do something to get them fired up. Anthony Richardson will make some dumb plays. He'll run around. I Tennessee's defense is, is average. Now I'm not Hendon Hooker's good. They'll win, but I think it'll be closer than the experts think. Hashtag Lee Corso. So Tennessee and Florida have played each other 51 times. You would probably suspect more than that, or at least I That's did. crazy, really. Yeah, this is the largest margin by which Tennessee has ever been favored in the entire series. Oh. Yeah. So I, I guess point is that may support your point, Nick, that the Vegas is not throwing this out there lightly. Like tending the hook over the, the key number here in this series, which has been pretty tightly contested, Florida – has the advantage 31 to 20, but generally these games are relatively close, you know? Um, so I think you're probably right there, but Tillman is banged up, right? Is he playing? I- I'm not sure if he's going to play. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. All right. So do y'all, are y'all familiar with this? I mean, we all are. Florida has won 31 times. That's despite, and so Tennessee's won 20. That's in spite of the fact that Tennessee won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The first ten meetings, Florida Florida's won fifteen of the last sixteen. Yes, yeah. Florida has Tennessee's won it four times since two thousand. Mm. Yeah, but that makes me think though that if Tennessee gets a, a chance, thing. yeah, they're gonna yeah, run they're it down. It's a good yeah. thing this is not twenty seventeen, Ben. This is twenty twenty two Tennessee Vols. I'm just telling you, they're staring <laughs> down ten and two this year. Go ahead, ten and two. I thought you, no, I thought no, you were about I, to I say disagree. they're staring I, I really down do. Georgia. I, 
I think Tennessee. <laughs> no, they've got ten wins on deck too. I really T-E- do. T E N N and two. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Come on. They. I mean. Ads. Well. Well. That's. I think they split Florida and LSU, and they lose to Alabama and Georgia, gonna... so nine and three. Okay, then they're losing to LSU because they're going to murder Florida. Florida can't. They can't score with them. They can't score with them. I don't know why I didn't lock it in so we, we can have this on the record. The goal to lock it in, change one of your locks, lock. you get a free lock. They're too good. I don't want to go I, I don't want to go four, no. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like you mentioned you mentioned that Richardson may be banked up. Hooker is healthy so far, but we know he's had, you know, a history of injuries. Yeah. I'm not wishing it on the kid at all. But if he were to roll an ankle, Tennessee's in trouble because Milton is ass. So yes. like yes. Again, Florida may not be the defense to actually punish him, but they're going to encounter one at some point, and you're going to need him to be resilient uh, if you're a Tennessee fan because without Hooker, they have no shot. Yeah, is Florida right. better than Pitt? I think it's um, close. Yeah, I don't. I, Florida's not a ranked team for me, so maybe they're Pittish. Hmm. Pitt had better quarterbacks. Yeah, and it's being played that in final with Pitt in Tennessee. Do y'all remember? Uh, in Tennessee, 27 Tennessee. Yeah, that's right. Also, y'all know what they're doing in Knoxville this weekend? They're checkering. I don't. <laughs> well, it worked real well for them last day. year. Ole Miss didn't have a walking receiver and one in, <laughs> okay. in Knoxville. If Matt Corral suits up for the Gators on Saturday, they will win. You're, you're right. <laughs> but – he, torn and the list frank injury, whatever it is, and all, but they are not AR 15. I was not supposed to say that. Anthony Richardson is not Matt Corral. I just, I just think this is one of those throw the records out game. And I normally hate that, but I mean, Florida's defense is, is good. They only allow 178 yards passing. Um, I'm interested to see how they look because I mean, Snuck out by the hair of their chinny chin chin last week against the Bulls, um, and I mean this could be. And again, I just I'm just saying I think they cover like. Yeah, going to win. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like, like Hendon Hooker's first half this week. <laughs> okay, look right, now, last, now now I'm cheering one, for him to play terrible. Last one before we go. Last one before we go. What do, what do y'all have anything on Clemson Wake Forest? You know, Clemson uh, minus seven. That's an interesting – I almost locked in Clemson there, but then I got to thinking Georgia Tech gave them trouble for a half, and that was one of the worst Division One, I, I mean, Power 5 football teams I've seen in a while. Clemson, they made, didn't, unless Ole Miss is literally going to the college football playoff. Yeah, right. Clemson they just didn't may dominate not be Louisiana Tech last week. They, it was 48-20. No, no, no. It was kind of close in the third quarter. Yeah, and that's, that's Wake true, Forest, but on the other hand – Quarterback Wake... there at home, I, I don't know, man. That's, that's a sharp line for me. Like, I stay away. I think yeah. Wake 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 was in an absolute dogfight with Liberty last week, though. Like I, I know. You know Look at both of these teams have under have underwhelmed. Yeah, it's in the it's in the dash though, and that claw fence I think is is going to start purring. I think Wake's a team it, to keep an eye on gambling purposes with Sam Hartman getting acclimated again. Didn't they lose a receiver something like that this week? Wake Forest. Wake. Did not know they may have. Maybe I mean yes, I think Kobe Davis mm. is 
uh, they're starting cornerback. I'm sorry, they lost a cornerback. Yeah, they lost. Okay. For the season. Well, Clemson didn't have any receivers, so that's fine. You know, Plus, Wake being a Wake being a dog fight with Liberty is so on brand for Hugh Freeze, though. I mean, that yeah. is, yeah. You know, did he come he, out on the good end of the dog fight? No, did not. Damn. Hey, and look, I, I just can't get last year out of my head here. I'm, I'm kind of with Ben. Last year, I think Clemson was a four-point favorite against Wake, and they won 48-27. So the lines of scrimmage, like Clemson's going to dominate those. I'm not sure if Clawson's weird, you know, mesh offense where they, they hold the ball forever while making the read. I mean, what uh, happens if Clemson's defensive line is four yards in the backfield while you're doing that? Yeah, you can't read three different guys. Exactly. Like, you, you've got to block all but one. And so, that, and uh, that Gwait can't do that. I, that I would offense lay makes my skin crawl. I would like hey, cool, uh, cool real life note here. Like, not to minimize this at all. Like, genuinely awesome deal. Did y'all see where LaTeX players wrote mm-hmm. Brian Brzee letters? Brian Brzee, Clemson's defensive end, badass NFL guy, probably next year. His little sister died of cancer recently, and LaTeX's entire team wrote him you know, condolence letters last week before their game against Clemson. So really cool. Has nothing to do with gambling. I just thought that was Hand, awesome. That's really really cool. every single player. Yeah. 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 Well, she died on like Thursday. It was like very yeah, close to yeah, the very, game. Very, very. And she was 15 years old. I mean, it's just terrible. She's just awful. Well, that's what I was going to say that. This could also be a game where Clemson really straps it on and does it for the Brzee family. Yeah, exactly. And and just yeah. they just play with their hair on fire. Um I mean that's that's what's keeping Clemson and that's why Davo Sweeney has smartly recruited and built this monster because he did it from the line of scrimmage out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got mm-hmm. yeah, five right. or six guys that can play in the NFL on that defense line. Mm-hmm. So every I, year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just loaded. So I, I think it's gonna take a while for Hartman to get back where he was last year and I don't think it's going to be this game. Um, but again, it's in the dash. You can get, you can get squirrely and it's 11 AM, you know, 11 AM ACC games like to get real weird, especially with Clemson. And Clemson's offense is bad again. So, you know, it's not like if Wake gets a couple things going, say Wake manages to get into the high twenties, low thirties here, which is going to be difficult. I don't know that Clemson can keep up. Yeah. It, it, hmm. Yeah, I'd probably lean laying them with Clemson, but if you told me it was a ball game with six minutes left, I wouldn't be shocked at all just because Clawson can really coach. Um, any other sicko games to discuss or any Hail Mary tips or picks we want to put out there for anybody? Yeah, if you want a crazy money line play, it's James Madison against App State. App State yeah. has just been like, <laughs> like who's had a crazier season than App State They're so far? Hyperventilating. Nobody. Yeah, absolutely. But they deserve to lose last week. It was a great story. It was a fun moment and all that, like moment of the year so far. But Troy was the better team for most of that game. Um, so App State's had a shootout with North Carolina and a rivalry game to open the season. They go on the road and pull off the, the upset of the year against A&M. They come home, had the crazy Hail Mary moment. At some point, they're going to be flat, right? They have to be flat at some point. They're laying seven to James Madison, who had a bye week last week. James Madison was an elite FCS program. 
now they're making the step up. Obviously, they, they, they may not have the roster they're going to have in a couple of years. But I just think catching seven in this spot, it's going to be an obvious letdown for App. It, it, you know, they can't possibly ride this high all season. They've got to be tired too, man. Got to be yeah, tired, right. emotionally emotionally drained. I mean, and with James Madison off of a bye, they've been preparing for this game for two weeks now. And, James, again, JMU has players. They've got guys. I think over a touchdown it was, was crazy. I think this opened at like 10, 10 and a half. That is, that's a stupid number. It's already been bet down to seven. I would sprinkle a little on JMU here, money line. I think they can beat them. Yeah, last game, I, I wouldn't bet anything on this. Just I just want to alert the masses. As Marshall goes to Troy, it's a Marshall team that beat Notre Dame and lost to Bowling Green the next week. <laughs> so their highs are pretty high, lows pretty low. They're favored by three and a half at Troy. I think this is going to be a good game. And it's on NFL Network, which is a little bit strange. So this is one of those <laughs> Ole Miss games just, just ended. You know, you don't want to watch ESPN or ABC, whatever. You want to flip the NFL Network. Had this one on. I think this would be a pretty good game. Marshall's kind of interesting to me. Uh, and that, that Sun Belt, Sun Belt's just kind of fun. I mean, it, it's they don't call it the Fun Belt for nothing. Yeah, it's like uh, a developmental league for the SEC. Honestly, yes, it, it truly is. And also, you know, the former Ole Miss uh, assistant John Tom Rawls, head coach of Troy. So Troy's yeah, not bad. Get They're going to have a national letdown from last week, but I mean, mm-hmm. that's a that's an interesting game to watch, especially given with. Marshall's history, like you said, you know, Bowling Green goes to state this week. And yeah. I haven't, I've gone all episode and I talked about them. And I, you know, state did not look good against LSU, no. especially in the second half. That's a know, bad I, LSU team, too. I know you were upset. No, that was just mortified. <laughs> but I mean, they, um, I think the total in that Bowling Green state game is 52, 52 ish. Yeah. Might go over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, Bowling Green can score a little bit. You know, like you said, they beat Marshall. State's going to try to work out the kinks after losing that LSU game. I Another one of my theories, you know, we all have them on our, like, our own quirks or whatever. One of my theories is, is when coaches start to sense that things are going a little sideways, they blow out the teams they're better than. And I think that that's, that is kind of one of those – not saying that Leach is feeling the heat yet, but we talked about this a little bit, you know, before the show. He, you come back after losing LSU and you beat Bowling Green like fifty-two to six, and that tries to get the you know bad yeah. taste out of all the alums' mouth. That's right. Um, last one here because as you're listening to this, it will be today or tonight, but we are recording this on a Wednesday, Thursday evening. I, this one's odd. Y'all tell me if I'm missing something here. Coastal is at Georgia State and only favored by two. Why in the world? I missed this one. I might have locked it in, but Grayson McCall still plays for the the Chanticleers. I, I don't understand why this is so low. Georgia State's 0-3. I I think if if you want to gamble on Thursday, I think the the chance here can handle Georgia State. Oh man, that's yeah, an interesting pick because Georgia State's like a good zero and three. Yeah, yeah, like they've had some close. They lost by now. They lost by one to Charlotte, which Charlotte is abysmal. Um, but also ties into this week's game. South Carolina plays Charlotte, and South Carolina only beat Georgia State thirty five fourteen. 
Yeah, um, and were outgained by Georgia State. Yeah, they yeah. had some a couple punts blocked, played good defense. Um, but yeah, Georgia State scored twenty eight on North Carolina. Um, cost me a uh, a lock, so that was cool. Or maybe it was a parlay, but anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, Coastal's quietly three and zero, and like I said, Grayson McCall is still there. He's spinning it. Um, yeah, just a weird weird line to me. I know it's on the road at old Turner Field, but still, it just just seems weird. I think the play there is over. Yeah, both of them. Um, Coastal averages close to thirty six a game. Georgia State's right at twenty eight. The number's sixty two. So yeah, it's close. Georgia State's averaging like five yards a carry. They mm-hmm. outgained South Carolina and nearly outgained North Carolina. I mean, and then they lost to Charlotte. That's the most perplexing of of teams. I mean, they could easily be three and zero with two mm-hmm. Power Five wins. Crazy. Best zero and three team in the country. They really are. They yeah. they really. And on the other end, and on the other end, Coastal's results are not impressive. Like they escaped Gardner Webb. They did not roll up Buffalo, a bad Buffalo team. They beat Army by 10 in week one, but, you know, Army's not very good this year. Um, so, I think I – don't, I don't know. I think it's, the line is telling us it's going to be a lot closer than you would expect. Like, no shit here. But I think it just goes over. I think Georgia State's going to keep pace, and Coastal's going to have to score. So, what, mid-30s, low, low 40s game, 42, 38, somebody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um... Last thing here. Should be a good sign- slate. Oh yeah, I mean it's college football. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, noted Ole Miss hater Brett McMurphy is reporting thirty minutes ago, give or take, a twenty-one-year-old Utah student was arrested after she threatened to detonate a nuclear reactor that is located on campus if Utah lost to San Diego State last week. It's my kind of fan. No, I'm just she kidding. Was- she was booked into Salt Lake County Jail on Wednesday, and uh, Utah won 35-7. So. Why does Utah have a nuclear reactor on campus? She laid they like a – Clearly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's – yeah. Wild. College football, man. Sheesh. All right, that's going to do it for week four of Hit That Line. Um Ole Miss, Tulsa, 3 o'clock Saturday. We'll have tons of stuff at omspirit.com. Um, tons of podcasts this week to get you ready. Uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, myself and Austin will fare a little better. Um, try to catch up with Ben and Nick. But, um, but yeah, we're uh, 18 and 19 overall. We've got some ties in there. I think we're, what, one, two, three, four. We got four pushes so far on the year. So, that's that sucks. But, um. But yeah, so we're we're getting back closer to the black. Hopefully, this week is what puts us over the hump, and then we can stay there. But uh, thanks to Austin, thanks to Ben, thanks to Nick, thanks to you, the listener, and of course, thanks to our sponsors that bring you this show each and every week. Um, we'll be back next week, week five preview, uh, Ole Miss Kentucky. But uh, until then, take care. We out.